The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Well, yes, we're back on the Spiritual Freedom Show. Welcome, everyone. Uh, it's a good, great show today. We've got a very experienced uh, presenter of spiritual teaching coming up. That's Vivian Gibson. Uh, of course, as always, our guest presenters who are giving their insights on their choice from the nine freedoms uh, are all people who live by these teachings, who've studied them, who who make it a practice in their lives to follow the nine freedoms, the greatest teachings we've ever been given. They stand up, not that there's a competition, but they stand up against any other because they can be dissected, they can be analyzed, they can be contemplated on, they can be meditated on, and more and more truths are revealed as we do these things. Now, Vivian has led dozens of spiritual workshops teaching the king technique of spiritual healing, teaching meditation, mantra, and much more. She served as the educational coordinator of London's Inner Potential Centre. And today, she's going to be talking about the fourth freedom, enlightenment. So we're going to start by hearing the extract she has chosen, delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King over 60 years ago in deep somatic trance. A mental man, a can, a soul, a control, a his, a picturization, a that he can, a direct, a his, a mental energies, a towards, a goal which is in all wise a constructive a goal of service of spiritual a cooperation a great a beam of creative a controlled a mental energy I can be a directed a towards all a terrestrials a so that those ready will be mentally a transmuted a by this a constructive a creative a beam of energy a mental 
a man, a can, a form, those, a visualizations only, which arm, a constructive, which help to bring into being a transmutation of all things upon higher planes. This section of the fourth freedom, Enlightenment, has always been a favourite of mine. Before I came across the Aetherius Society many years ago, I was interested in mind development and searching for a clear path out of the morass of confusion in the so-called New Age movement. One of my favourite poems is by William Blake, entitled London, where he describes hearing the mind-forged manacles of every man and in every voice. I like the expression mind-forged manacles. It's the same today as in the 18th century. In every century, people are beset with dreadful conditioning and fears that imprison their spiritual development and their soul. Today, in a society that's more affluent and health-aware, there's still huge mental anguish and fear. This manacles the mind so that untapped potential can go unrecognised and undeveloped. These words by Mars Sector 6 are liberating because they illustrate how to free ourselves and others from the manacles of the mind. But we have to put effort into it. There are just three sentences in this short extract, and in each one he uses the word constructive. It's an interesting word in this context. I take it to mean adopting a positive approach, building up, raising up. Note how in his first sentence, Mars Sector 6 says, mental man can so control his picturization that he can direct his mental energies towards a goal which is in all wise constructive. In other words, we should be ever aware that all our thoughts and imaginings affect others and the environment. They can heal and uplift or bring harm and contamination. Control of our mental energies is an essential step along the path, and I feel I have a responsibility to try to practice this. There are numerous spiritual practices given us by our Master and the Master Aetherius and published in Realize Your Inner Potential that can help us attain greater mastery of our mental energies. For instance, the breathing exercises, or holy mantra, which is superb for developing concentration and for spiritual upliftment. However, as Mars Sector 6 says here, our goal should be service to others. These practices can build an inner strength and wisdom that will enable us to be of greater service. This extract by Mars Sector 6 inspires me to concentrate better. So, 
when I'm in a 12 blessing service or sending healing to a person or a country in need or in the mantra team in Operation Prayer Power. I focus intently on the energy flowing through me and send it out with all my heart and soul. The better I concentrate, the more feeling I put into it, then the greater good it will do to a tiny fraction of a degree, helping to transmute the mind belt of the whole planet. We all find that our concentration drifts off course. Just be aware of this and bring the concentration back into focus. We will gradually improve. A long way, yes, from enlightenment. But the path to spiritual accomplishment takes many steps and setbacks. Never be disheartened, no matter how challenging things appear to be at times. I look back with deepest gratitude on the way I have come, inspired by the brilliant minds of Mars Sector 6 and Dr George King, and every day I am thankful. It's a great privilege to know I'm helping others through healing and prayer and through the missions of the Ethereum Society. It's a truly humbling feeling, yet fills me with joy. A beautiful uh, commentary there by a person of real experience on this path. That's Vivian Gibson. And uh, as always, we're joined on the... In fact, it's lucky we are, because without him, we wouldn't be having a spiritual freedom show. We're joined by Darren Ball, our producer. And I thought that was fascinating, uh, Darren. And I think, you know, so often in, in mind, body, spirit, in new age movements, concentration is just, if mentioned at all, it's just mentioned in passing, whereas actually it's the bedrock of spiritual development. Yeah, and I think it's, um, I think obviously she gave a lot of good inspiration there for the spiritual practices and to, to focus on these things which are the foundation for our practice, like concentration. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, as you say, this comes from someone with a lot of experience on the path who's, <laughs> who certainly practiced it herself. Indeed. And this is a spot that uh, I love as myself on the show when we get to hear from our listeners. And again, thanks to all our listeners for your comments, your questions, uh, your observations, and they come in to Darren. And Darren, what do you have for us today? Yeah, I've got a good question here, I think. Um, something I often hear, actually, um, about some terms that are used inter interchangeably. Oh, yeah. Um, and I thought you'd be able to shed some clarity on it. Before I do that, though, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars Sector 6, and Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And if you have a comment or a question like this that you'd like to share with us, do write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So, Richard, this person says, I heard someone talking about us having a soul. And also people talk about us having a spirit. Are they one and the same thing? And what's the difference if there is one? Great question, that, Darren, and a uh, very important one. And, of course, words are used differently by different people in different contexts. But in certainly our lingo, as it were, the way we use these words, there is a big difference between soul and spirit. Spirit is the divine spark, that which is above and beyond all things. It's within all of us. Uh, it's not limited to physical manifestation or even mental manifestation. It's above that. Whereas soul, you could say, is the superconscious. It's the highest mental aspect of our being. It's the, in fact, in the highest state we can enter, it used to be called nirvana. Uh, it's had many names. Actually, heaven 
can be that state. It's not a place. It can happen on this realm, heaven. Um, and in that state, the soul is bathed in the light of the spirit. Spirit is above mind. Um, and in its purest sense, love can be above mind. That's as pure energy. But spirit is even above the manifestation of energy because it's, as I say, not even in manifestation. It's pure, unadulterated. It's part of the absolute. Yeah, that's that's really clear. I think actually one one way I also hear people talk about spirit is kind of like um, how do I put like that part of you that's left after death. You know, kind of like your your etheric body. And I wondered if you had any comment about you know, about the use of spirit in that sense. Actually, after death, everything is left other than the physical body. So the mental bodies are left. The astral body, of course, the aura. Um, a lot of it below the soul level, most of it in many cases, I'm sorry to say, in, in some of us, but uh, it, so that all of that is left. The spirit is, it cannot be, cannot die uh, at all. It, and it's linked to the whole of creation. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, as I say, not totally even in manifestation, but a lot of, a lot of people will say the soul has departed the body. That's old talk really and it's okay it's true but it's not just the soul i'm sorry to have to tell you uh, your all your thoughts go with you mm -hmm. um, all your emotions go with you and that determines where you go which is a whole fascinating but uh, but another topic really mm, yeah really good and um and then you talked a little bit there about the kind of the relationship between the soul and the spirit mm. and you're talking about um you know, like in meditation, for example, the soul is bathed in the light of the spirit. Mm. Um, is there anything else you'd say about the relationship between between these two? Well, it's interesting because Dr. King actually said that you don't come into direct contact with spirit, even in the highest states on this earth. You have the soul bathes in the light of the spirit. That's the highest state you can get to on this earth. Uh, but there's a tremendous relationship because, uh, you know, the, um, the, the mind should be imbued with pure spirit come the nearer we can get to spirit the better and thoughts manifest later they come after that initial divine impulse and of course that is all pushing us in especially in this day and age towards serving others uh, another key point in in vivian's talk today because as we always close our shows Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the show again, and it's always good to have you on board. And I'm absolutely thrilled today because I'm joined by my wife, Alison, who is an extremely experienced uh, teacher of spirituality in many forms. She's a bishop in her own right, 
She's presided over hundreds of service, services, given many lectures, workshops and subjects around the world. She's broadcast on several occasions, including in the Italian language. She did an Italian interview not so long ago uh, for an hour in Italian with a channel uh, over there in Italy. But today she's going to be talking about the second freedom, love, and we're going to hear an extract from that freedom as delivered by Mars Sector 6. The energy, the freedom, a called love, does not only exist on your holy days, but throughout each day and each night. If a terrestrial man manifests this power during his waking state, he will also manifest this same power during his sleep state when a part of the consciousness is still active as sleep is a state of a projection from the physical body brought about by a certain element of consciousness, then the power of love can be still radiated by this part of consciousness when such things as these are brought into active being throughout your whole lives, then indeed is this great energy released unto all men upon terror. In this extract, Mars Sector 6 is referring to the energy called love, which is the second freedom. We are responsible for how we use this energy throughout our lifetime and the time will come when we have to answer for it. We are allocated so many units of energy in each incarnation and we have to learn to use this energy correctly, as much in our sleep state as when we are awake and actively controlling our thoughts and actions. You have to remember that before every action comes the thought, and this thought remains in the ethers. We can learn to program our minds in such a way that our thought patterns are reflected in our sleep state. It is not correct to say that dreams are just the ramblings of the subconscious mind or some kind of electrical discharge, which is what the psychologists and scientists think. The yogis say that if you perform the yoga of mantra as a spiritual exercise, the time will come when it will live within you. And this will reflect throughout your waking state 
and your sleep state. Now, one might ask, how will you know when a mantra lives within you, for example? Now, I would like to relate an experience that I'm having with the practice of the 12 blessings. I have been practicing these for the best part of five decades. And in the last few years, I find that I'm reciting the prayers in the sleep state. I become aware of this phenomenon as I start to awaken and realize I have been reciting them. And I feel personally that this is a sign that they are starting to live within me. I've always been a vivid dreamer, and I can recall most of my dreams, with some of them being real astral experiences. Once we really realize that we are responsible for our thought patterns during the sleep state and have to account for them, the more we can start to control our use of this divine, all-pervasive energy, and then we will start to evolve. Well, that's very, very important uh, topic there, Darren, because, and Darren Ball, of course, our producer, always joins us on the show, because so many of us forget that it's 24 hours a day, the path we are traveling. And, and thank you so much, Alison, for those insights and for sharing that experience, which I think a lot of people will relate to. What say you, Darren? Yeah, I think they certainly will. And I think um, it really brings home the responsibility when you think about this, you know, going both ways. I mean, obviously, <laughs> she and Marsak, we're advocating for manifesting this, 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 you know, this love energy, both in our waking state, so that we can do it in our sleep as well. But, you know, whatever we do in our waking state, otherwise, we're also going to be manifesting to some extent those energies as well. And um, I think it just really makes us more conscious, I guess, of, you know, the jealousies, the dislikes, the sort of resentments, the kind of anger and all those other things that we may be manifesting and you know um, how to take more responsibility for that and kind of transmute it into something more positive and and powerful in that respect you know one of the things I used to do Darren um, before I ever met you was dream interpretation uh, on the radio I used to do a couple Mm. of shows in London one was BBC Radio London actually but um, because dream interpreters tend to come from a particular standpoint which might be sight psychiatric or psychological it might be metaphysical or psychic Um, and so some will be looking at it from the point of view for even Freudian or Jungian psychology and some will be looking Mm. at it from another point of view but the whole thing with dreams is that some of them aren't um, symbolic or even muddled thoughts some of them are actual experiences and you know I was staggered one poll that was done in the UK about 20 years ago now, was that 10% of British people have had an out-of-body experience. That's wow. just people who are willing to say it. Yeah, um, wow. You know, they, it, it's not something rare or, or you know, almost unknown. It was, it, it was very common. It was 10 or even more percent. Reminds me of that lecture by the master in which he describes, um, you know, visiting his offices at night in a projected state and finding the whole office there full of people. Absolutely. Uh, and I just thought, you know, that's a real experience, kind of in the in the vein that you're talking about. And yeah. He, and he's describing, I think, taking it back to the point that Alison was making about, you know, what we manifest in the waking state, we manifest in this in this um, at night as well. Yeah. And he was describing the way that these people were there, but you know, it was it was it was kind of a 
disturbing description, actually, you know, the scheming, conniving, etc., that was going on that he had witnessed. Indeed. But I think it'll be actually more than one in 10 people because I think some won't think that's an out-of-body experience. They'll think they were dreaming or imagining or what have you. Agree, agree, um, yeah. But yeah. sometimes you can find yourself, and there'll be listeners who can bear this out, and please do write in with your comments or experiences. Share them with us at Spiritual Freedom Show, and you'll find yourself just floating above your body, looking down at it. And it can be, uh, on certain occasions, the most wonderful, wonderful experience, that freedom you can suddenly travel in a way you couldn't before. You can go to places. They're not all pleasant. Uh, but you know it's no longer theory. This is no inverted commas dream. This is a real experience which is carrying on. And it might be, as Alison said there, doing the 12 blessings. It might be doing mantra or it might be teaching. It might be healing, and it might be something not as not so which you'd rather not be doing, really. Uh, but the more control you gain, as as Alison said there, in your daily life, and as more importantly, as Mars Sector Six said, the more there'll be a control reflected, and so it becomes a twenty-four hour a day path, which I think is something wonderful. Really, uh, it's so unlimited. Darren, what about our question of the week? Yeah, I've certainly got one here. Um, I think a great point to address for people. Uh, but if, first of all, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, and about Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And as Richard says, if you have a question like this or a comment or even your own experience that you'd like to share, do write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So, um, Rich, I'm going to paraphrase this question a little bit because it's it's quite long. But um, in essence, what this person is talking about is um, how certain individuals manage to find peace when they actually have prey on others and commit crimes and things like that, leaving their victims in pain. And he's described a couple of cases in which, you know, there's someone who's been left suffering um, and even has, you know, hasn't been able to get the medication they need, etc., because of someone who's stolen from them or some other thing that's happened. Mm. And their question essentially comes down to, you know, it doesn't seem that karma does immediate justice. And and then he asks, can something be done now to hasten divine justice in this regard? And I thought it brought up a lot of points about karma that you might like to address. Yeah, well, we've talked before about that, Darren, haven't we? I mean, uh, the instant karma concept isn't correct. Mm. Uh, it, it's probably a good song title, but it's just not quite correct. Um, it can work, though, very quickly. And there are times when it's almost like immediate. And you think, my goodness, Almost uh, you put out a thought and something immediately happens. Uh, and mm. strangely, I do think, I won't be dogmatic here, but I do think the more advanced you are, the quicker karma can work. And uh, strangely, you know, people get it wrong because they'll look at pretty wicked people, and this question has obviously seen this, who seem to prosper, materially at least, in the world. Mm. And, of course, they, in certain cases dampen down conscience conscience as opposed to emotional programmed guilt that's something else but true conscience uh, is our link with the divine spark coming through mind and some people don't, are far away from that they've blocked that out it isn't lost forever one day it must happen but they don't sense it so they they don't have that i think a lot of people though um do have it really, but they just damp it down and, and, and get on with life. If they were more advanced, they wouldn't. It's a foolish thing to do. 
I can't give the questioner, I'm afraid, what they obviously want. They've obviously seen an injustice and they want it rectified now. Right. And mm. that's not the way karma always works. Uh, and strangely, although the person might appear to benefit and in inverted commas, get away with it, it's worse for them because it's yeah. delaying their evolution because what it means is they are involving more and more. So they're going to have a much bigger hill to climb later. And as I think I've mentioned before, Dr. King did say once, if you are taking a step upwards in your evolution, in your advancement, in your awareness, sometimes a soul, and it is at the soul level, it's not necessarily the conscious mind level, will choose then to take a karmic difficulty because they know they're ready to handle it and they really want to get it out the way and they want to get it transmuted. So sometimes you can have the appearance of people doing a good thing and seemingly um, not benefiting from it in their lives, but actually they are. And that's how it will work out. And they have chosen in that case to deal with the negative karma, get it out the way and move on closer to their enlightenment. Yeah, it certainly does make it difficult to judge um, kind of on the surface as to what's really going on. And uh, it can often seem confusing on face value, as you say, that someone appears to be profiting, and yet they're not really because they're going further away. And there's someone else who appears to be suffering a lot. And you might think that that's because they've done something wrong. But actually, as you described, it's because they're now stronger and ready to take on um, and transmute that. Kind. Yeah, and often they're judging by how it looks materially. You know, they've, they've, they've yes, got physical true, health, true, they've got yeah, money, yeah. they've got... But it's all about the internal and the elevation, mm. the inner elevation. And someone who's, I mean, Milarepa, the old yogi, looked in a terrible, ragged state, but was truly in a blissful state of enlightenment. And that's something really for us to aspire to. But in these days, of course through service, because service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome back again to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And today we're crossing over the ocean about as far as we could cross on this physical plane to New Zealand. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Tanya Solberg again. She's been on the show before. She's a very active staff member of the Ethereum Society. She's based, of course, at our New Zealand branch in Auckland, which I've had the great pleasure to visit on three occasions. Uh, in fact, even before it was founded, I was privileged to go over there and visit that area for the Ethereum Society. So she's the guest on the show today. She works as a chartered accountant. She's been teaching workshops on a range of spiritual development subjects for over 20 years. And today, she's going to be talking about an aspect of the fourth freedom, enlightenment. So we'll start with the extract she's chosen by Mars Sector 6, through the mediumship of Dr. George King. 
I know this, that enlightenment is freedom from ignorance. Ignorance is the result of the complication devised by a terrestrial man. Therefore, enlightenment is simplicity. Note that. Use that as the text of form your a contemplation and eventually when meditation is possible much will be revealed note this enlightenment cannot dawn while the clouds of indiscrimination cover the skies of your mentality, a discriminate. You have been told how to do this. Do it. and go into enlightenment. I chose this extract because when I first started on my spiritual path, I was very ignorant and had not learnt how to discriminate. In my late teens and early twenties, I became interested in metaphysics, beginning with reincarnation and life after death, and I began to read books that were channeled messages from the spirit realms and then started attending meetings of someone purporting to channel the space intelligence from the Pleiades. I indiscriminately took these messages at face value, and when they told of meteorites that were going to hit the earth and dates when this would occur, I moved out of the city into the countryside and stockpiled food. Well, as you can see, the date came and went, and the catastrophe did not occur. This was a big lesson in my life, but it didn't turn me from the spiritual path I just learnt to discriminate better. I realised that the channelled messages I had previously listened to had been filled with half-truths. These half-truths had lulled me enough, in my ignorance, to believe everything that had been said. I came back to the city and was introduced to the Aetherius Society, and the first book I read was The Nine Freedoms. What a world of difference from the previous vague, airy-fairy, lovey-dovey channeled messages I had heard. The profound depth of the teachings from Mars Sector 6 resonated within me as truth. And from the clear simplicity and logic of the explanations given by Dr King, I realised that he was a very advanced spiritual master. In fact, every teaching you listen to from Dr King is so clearly and logically given that it makes such perfect sense. I began to understand that in order to channel the great spiritual beings from other planets, the channel themselves must be highly advanced in their own right, and have gone through a period of intense yogic training 
in order to raise their consciousness to such a high level before the cosmic masters could speak through them. I know now that the Pleiadian messages I had previously listened to had been through an untrained trance medium, who were unfortunately deluding not only many other people, but also themselves by the astral entities who were using them. Mars Sector 6 gave a stupendous transmission in 1956 entitled Judge a Man, and he began by saying these words, Ye men of terror, beware of false prophets due to rise among you. Beware of pretty flowers which contain the poison of dishonesty, the vile perfume of fear within their apparently beautiful centres. And then he said these words on how to evaluate whether a person or master is worthy of being followed. Judge a man by results. Judge a man by his detachment. Judge a man by his love for all. Judge a man by his acceptance and knowledge of oneness. Judge a man by his wisdom. Judge a man by his cosmic logic. Judge a man by his sacrifice, not for himself, not for his wife, not for his family, but for the whole world, your world. These are the ways to judge. Judge well, ye men of terror. And when ye find one who passes the test of your judgment, then follow such a one even to your death, and return again, and follow him to your death a second time, and return even a third time, and follow him to your death a third time. This, and only this, O men of terror, is the true spirit that will save you from self-destruction. Well, Dr. George King has certainly set the benchmark for me as to what a spiritual master should be. And because of this, nearly 30 years later, I am still following this great man. Thank you so much, Tanya. Very fitting words, because in two days, of course, we celebrate the birth date on Earth of Dr. George King. And that those words, I think, Darren, absolutely sum him up, those words by Mars Sector 6. Totally. A, a, an awesome celebration of the Master, I think, in those words and in her experience, you know, and, and um, how his, his presence in her life has completely changed and given her that wisdom to... Um, to follow with discrimination. Yeah, and of course, one thing that you can see there, it was very honest, I thought, of Tanya to spell all that out. Very. And well done her for having that really wretched experience and then staying on the path and finding the totally. true message because some people would give up at that Definitely. point. And I think that's the whole idea of it. I think the dark forces in particular, not every false medium or inaccurate medium is just a result of the dark forces it can be just their own uncontrolled imagination or inability to be a a proper medium but there's a deliberate plan here as well by dark forces to use untrained people who aren't even probably really mediums much at all some of them are some of them are but they're definitely not advanced ones and delete delude people to put them off the path 
And that's the aim of it. So well done to, um, to Tanya for having that experience and then coming back and finding the truth and for sharing those very, very uh, deep uh, findings that she had, which she has lived. And she has lived it, as she said, there for 30 years and still is, and I'm sure will into the future and on into future lives too, we hope. Uh, and I apply that to all of us, by the way. Uh, this is just a beginning, yeah. this life. Yeah. So, Darren... Do we have our question for the week? Darren Ball, our producer. We certainly do. I'll just just say there, just to tack on the end of what you said, um, you know, it's so true what you said about this kind of turning people from the path and that kind of being the point of it to one extent or another, because uh, I came across someone just the other day, you know, I was sharing some, some, uh, you know, some things on, um, on TikTok and whatnot about spirituality, some different insights that I'd learned from the teachings. And their reaction was like, oh, this is all nonsense. I've been down that path. And, you know, and I was like, wow, this person probably had some really bad experience somewhere, somewhere else mm-hmm. with someone who really wasn't, you know, all about truth. And um, they've now been turned away from it. And that's very, very sad. Yeah, um, exactly. I think. Yeah. So anyway, yes, if you do have a question, um, we'd love to hear from you. If you do have a comment, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars Sector 6, uh, Dr. George King, and the Nine Freedoms by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Write to us if you'd like, spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So this is a question I picked up on uh, YouTube the other day from someone who asked the following. What does it mean to have a higher level of consciousness? What is a level? What's higher than another? Is it something intellectual? And what or who is an example of it? Well, uh, very good question. Very important question. Um, What it actually means, if you like, from a technical point of view, that knowingly or unknowingly, a person of higher consciousness is activating their higher psychic centers or chakras. Um, that's exactly what it is, and raising, at least partially, the kundalini more into the higher chakras because we are dominated by most of us through the lives, actually, the lower centers. It's not that the lower centers are bad in their correct place. They're absolutely essential. They're part of the journey. It's just that they've been activated, overactivated to the detriment of the higher centers. Hence, lower consciousness prevails. And then again, to be technical, when Kundalini rises up the front of the body and activates them instead of the back of the body, uh, you know, in order to gain pleasures, delights, a basic materialistic thought, and so on, and be subject to the fears and doubts that are fed into us, Uh, through conditioning of various kinds. Uh, Of course, lower consciousness has you in its grip. We can become a prisoner uh, of it. Um, And as I think Vivian Gibson in a recent show said, quoted William Blake as something along the lines, it manacles the mind. Um, But we can, the whole point of the nine freedoms is to free us from that. And the things that will lead to higher consciousness of course, are things like we're doing here. The more you think about the nine freedoms, the more deeply you go into it, uh, the more you uh, meditate upon uh, the words, some of the words we heard today from Mars Sector 6, enlightenment is simplicity. That is a practice. That's not just a thought. We can contemplate and meditate on those three words and great truths will come to us. And the more, of course, above all, we pray and do mantra do a proper control system of breathing all these things will start to raise our consciousness and we have to do this while living in the world 
as master theorists put it, service amid the clatter. Uh, we have to live in this world of lower consciousness while simultaneously raising ourselves towards higher consciousness. Um, and, you know, there are many ways. And I, although I mentioned there the Kundalini and the chakras, I'm not suggesting everyone who has higher consciousness knows about that. But those are some of the ways, Darren, that they'll bring it about, even if they're not aware of the function of their nadis, the Kundalini and the chakras. Yeah, I think what's really interesting about the technical side of the description that you've given is that a lot of people think that, you know, this higher level of consciousness, is this like an abstract concept? But no, it's actually that's very empirical in the sense that you can actually experience this for yourself and you can prove it to yourself. And that direct knowledge of this experience will show to you what this really means. True. Um, more so than any theory or philosophy, even, or, or, or someone just talking to you about it, which is a, a great point also that I know Dr. King has made many times. And of course, the number one way to raise your consciousness, to manipulate karma, to actually, un, in an unforced way, raise the kundalini is service, because service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. <laughs> The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show again, and today we're going to be joined by um, a good friend of ours, Livia Patel, uh, who is at our Northern UK branch of the Ethereum Society's Northern UK branch. Uh, she's been a member of the Society for over 20 years. I first met her at a festival for mind, body, spirit in London, and she was searching then, and I think she would say she's found what she was searching for. I know she would. Um, she, outside of the society, she was a Montessori teacher, and she's worked with children with special needs. She's an aromatherapist, and she's trained in various massage therapies. But today, she's going to be talking to us about the second freedom, love, and we're going to hear an extract from that by Mars Sector 6. The manifestation of this one basic of freedom gives as its prize all basic of freedoms with little exception uh, how is this uh, manifested love is more than a state of mind, it is a state of whole being. When terrestrial man begins to realize his true position in the cosmos, he must then begin to manifest 
this great power. Love is not the result of ignorance, but the direct result of applied enlightenment. Become enlightened again under a standing of the feelings and problems of all peoples and love becomes a living, vibrant, all-pervasive thing. I chose this extract for a couple of reasons. One is to show how the second freedom was not only tailored to stretch and deepen our understanding, but also to be able to recognize and resonate with certain aspects of the teachings about love straight away. What I really like about this extract is that I can, and indeed everyone can, understand how to apply Mars Sector 6's teachings and advice to our lives now no matter who we are or what level our understanding is. It is quite incredible to imagine that this love energy, which in its highest form is the third degree creative force, all permeating and is above mind, can be contacted and manifested by all of us. Yes, on a much lower level, but it means that we can make a start now. In fact, I personally felt a strong inner urge after I had first come across these teachings, nudging me on to make a start, to try and manifest this energy. As Mars Sector 6 says, the, mass, the manifestation of the second freedom gives as its prize all basic freedoms, with little exception. There is so much promise and hope. Of course I had to start. It was my responsibility. And this is the second reason why I chose this extract, especially as the directions are so clearly spelled out. When he says, become enlightened, gain understanding of the feelings and problems of all peoples and love becomes a living, vibrant, all-pervasive thing. Seems so simple, isn't it? I know from my own experience that sometimes the simplest things may be not so easy to apply, like after a difficult day at work, when I wasn't able to show enough understanding towards someone or towards a particular situation. However, the clear, reassuring words of Mark Sector 6 tell me, though, that I am on the right track. I just have to work at it. What I'm trying to say is that by following the guidance in the second freedom, anyone can contact and radiate this love energy today, now, and help to make our world a better place. 
Beautiful words there. Thank you so much, Livia. Um, I was struck by several things there, Darren. Darren Ball, our mm-hmm. producer, uh, who always joins me on the show. One of them was uh, that one of the ways to manifest love is to realize our true position in the cosmos. And, you know, I came across recently a statement by Mars Sector 6, and it's this. He said this, nothing upon the planet Mars is done haphazardly. There is reason for every word, thought or move. And behind that, I particularly pick out the word thought. So there is reason for every thought. That means Mm. there's a reason which is above mind. There's a reason because thought is is a manifestation of mind. Mm, very uh, deep. Yeah, it's very deep, actually. It doesn't appear to be when you first read it, uh, but obviously are there, as one might expect, they, they certainly know their true position in the cosmos because they manifest it and help others to realize it. Um, but obviously they're directed by spirit. That's the only thing which can be behind mind, and it has its own reason. It's not a reason that's expressed in thought initially, until thought takes place. This whole concept of love being more than a state of mind. And the other thing, Darren, that struck me is there, that it's the result of enlightenment, mm. which shows again that these certainly the first four freedoms are not necessarily given in any order of importance. In fact, St. Guling made that clear right from the beginning in one of his introductions. Um, they all feed off each other, and in a way you could say, before true love, true love is manifested, you would have to be enlightened. So mm. there is that total correlation, certainly, with bravery, love, service, and enlightenment. Yeah, I love that because it just shows how how logical, how natural um, an expression love is, and love in action certainly a service is as a result of you know your experience of this oneness, of this unity of all things in creation. Um, that how could there be any other way other than as the masters have described, selfless service to others? Indeed. And every week, I'm so delighted to say, and thank you all to our listeners for for this. We have fascinating observations, comments, experiences. You're welcome to send in your experiences, which could be of great interest to, to, to all of us, to us and our listeners. Share them with us, and Darren will bring them to the table each week. And what have you got on the table this week, Darren? Yeah, I've actually got one that um, I can certainly resonate with, uh, empathize with from my own experience um, when I was much younger. Um, but if you're tuning in with us for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars Sector 6, and Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org, that's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And if you have a question, anything like this, or a comment or an experience, as Richard said, you'd like to share, do write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So this person says, when I was younger, I dismissed the miracles I heard about in the Bible as pure myth. However, after starting on my spiritual journey and reading about some yoga masters, now I'm not sure. Is it true that people can do things like levitate and walk on water? And how? Yes. Well, I I think that's a great question. And, I mean, we are encouraged to dismiss things as myth. In in fact, even within religions, I mean, I have come across, I'm not saying this is universal at all, but I have come across, uh, for example, this is only example, people of the Hindu faith, who look upon the miraculous events reported in the Mahabharata and the Ramayana as myth. And in doing so, they are almost like cop out of having to believe them as fact, because myth is one of those woolly words 
which can sort of suggest, well, it may be true, it may not be true, it might be symbolic, it might be legend, it might just have been passed down a bit wrong. It leaves all these kind of openings. Uh, but the answer to the question is these things, like, such as Master Jesus walking on water, which I, I think is referred to there, is mm. fact. It's not a myth. And well done for coming back and re-looking at it. Um, in fact, and it's not unique. Uh, there's an experience certainly reported on by a mystic known as McDonald. I think it was called McDonald Bain. Uh, I think that was his name. Uh, South yes, African, yes, that's right. Uh, who, who went to Tibet and uh, came across a teacher who um, actually was traveling with his teacher and they met someone who walked on water. Um, that's right. And, and this person proudly demonstrated it. And the teacher that was actually with McDonald, went to Tibetan teacher, said to this person, okay, how long did it take you to learn to do that? I think he said 10 years. He said, 10 years, and you've saved yourself one penny on the ferry. Um, <laughs> go out yeah. and teal and teach. Forget this. But it does show those powers definitely existed, powers of levitation. Dr. King himself experienced levitation. His niece, Dr. King's niece, Pamela, who, who I met, witnessed him levitating while talking to his mother from a sofa cross-legged on that sofa um or rather in in, in a and i should say in an asana on that on that sofa and that's not unique there are reports such as this out of body experiences as i've said before are actually relatively common i've had them many people have had them uh certainly contact with people who've died is very common indeed relatively and is absolutely provable it's been proved proved to me and of course so-called healing miracles take place we have new i would say numerous possibly numerous but certainly many reports uh, of people i've experienced it myself and many others have and so on and so on so no miracles are not pure inverted commas myth yeah do you, do you want to talk a little bit more about how this might relate to the chakras and activating those and bringing them into um, you know manifestation i think that's an interesting aspect of you know what actually is happening here yeah. and what might have been happening with the master jesus example for example and other yoga masters yes well of course with the master jesus he was a master he had been to india he he uh understood people don't realize that but in that 10-year period he had learned these abilities and he was training in the in the i think the, the, the account in the bible is he was training some of his disciples to do this he was training them in these powers in terms of the chakras Many, not all, but many psychic powers are realized in the solar plexus center. And you need to go higher than that, though, for certain abilities. And in fact, psychic abilities and many, many mental abilities are realized in the solar plexus center. Um, it, can, it, it can be activated by, partially activated by Kundalini to bring this about. But the journey is to go above that to realize far deeper levels of spiritual realization. And of course, it's what, it should always be remembered with psychic powers, which is something I've taught a lot over the years, as people probably know, but also with um, more advanced things. These abilities, whatever they may be, are given to us in order to serve. They're not given as some kind of party trick, uh, which is the point this teacher made, this Tibetan teacher made to the man who walked on water the yogi who walked on water. They are there to be used in service. That's what they're there for. And if they can't be used in service after they've been developed, they should really be dispensed with because service 
is the jewel in the rock of attainment.